The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and MASH Minute is intended for mature audiences. All right, so as promised, you're all back, and it's time for me to reveal my favorite fictional priest, uh, which comes from one of my favorite movies, The Quiet Man, starring John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara, a story of a man from America who comes back to his childhood home in Ireland and it just sets the whole story of him acclimating back to life in Ireland. It was the first movie filmed in Ireland and it shows off all the beautiful lush scenery and uh, also has two really great priest characters. My favorite one is played by Ward Bond who plays Father Peter Lonergan. And this priest, ah, he is something else. Uh, (laughs) When we're introduced to him in the movie, he's been doing the voiceover explanation to a lot of what's been going on. He has a fine Irish brogue as he's been talking about John Thornton coming back home to Innisfree. And as they show our main character working his way down the road, the narrator says, now you see that tall, saintly looking man walking there? That'd be myself. (laughs) <laughs> so he's <laughs> just total uh, unabashed self-glorification. And if you've seen The Quiet Man, you know that when I talk about the fishing scene, oh man, that's a good bit of comedy. So Father Peter Lonergan is probably my favorite fictional priest. He's very human. He's very real. He doesn't come off as pious and sanctimonious, but he's still a man of God, still looked to by the members of the community as someone to, to trust in and look up to. I like that. I think I'm gonna give it to Mulcahy but in the TV show because while Father Mulcahy is shown to be ineffectual many times in the TV show not to it's not to this extent and he has some episodes that really show like a caring for the community and a growth that obviously don't get in this one and he's a little bit more together in the tv show than here <laughs> this is true a little bit less naive a little bit taking things more seriously and he wins um, every raffle and contest ever he has a oh, great winning and streak he's a sweet, and and you know what it is my last note for my my end of this minute is i just want to hug the stuffing out of him which is from <laughs> a tv show episode where someone this is very inappropriate but someone gets a crush on him and gives him oh, a hug. Right. And when he's explaining, like, someone's like, so what? So she hugged you. And he goes, she hugged the stuffing out of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a hug is more than a hug. Well, that, exactly. And, trying to, yeah. and like, the, those are the words he chose to convey <laughs> the difference. And, and also because the other priests I'm thinking of are like, the bells of St. Mary's. Like, the, no, come on. <laughs> Not, uh... Yeah, Bing Crosby is uh, not exactly your typical priest. No, Ooh. no, but but she's such a good nun. Anyway, That's true. Um, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I I was just curious. I it, Megan, do you have one? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave you out. No, no, I guess it's Mohi he too, just because you know he's so adorable yeah. <laughs> and he's funny and he, he has the best school swears ever. So you know. <laughs> Oh, man. Jocularity! I feel like we need to get to the show in some format purely for the Mulcahy Potter's not swears off. Yes. 
Okay. Oh, so that's what, true. Because he has some Potter has some great like horse uh, pucky and. Yep. So uh, when so jocularity, jocularity that comes from Father Mulcahy. Yes. My yeah. dad, or it's one of his things that he says at least. Really. My oh. dad says that all the time. Ah. I had no idea that came from Mash. And yes! I never and I never thought to ask him about it because you know how dads are. They just say things. <laughs> they just say you know, things. Okay, Dad, sure, fine, whatever. Oh my gosh, so that's that's how MASH has impacted my life. That this 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 weird thing my dad says that I say now every so often. I didn't know where the reference came from, but now I know it comes from a priest in a TV show. This is great. Yes, it does. He refers to, you know, the yeah this inappropriate jocularity and it comes up and so in a later season when they're doing impressions of each other. They grab his hat and they're oh, passing God. it around, and it's all yes. just them in a row going, Jockey Lurdy! Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to MASH Minute, the Movies by Minutes podcast, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Alton film, MASH. Who <laughs> figures? <laughs> One minute at a time. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Father David Mowry, a Roman Catholic priest of the Diocese of Joliet in Illinois. Last minute, I admitted that I didn't know Father Mulcahy's nickname was rude until I was much older, and I didn't realize that Joliet wasn't something made up for the Blues Brothers until I was, like, almost in college. (laughs) We have a long, proud history. As a city in Illinois that is not Chicago. <laughs> Demand that my culture be validated. <laughs> Today we're going to validate the culture of Minute 20. Nice. Best transitioner in the world. Uh, we are going to talk about Minute 20, though. All joking aside, we're going to talk about the minute that starts with Father Mulcahy administering extreme unction. And I you don't. It. You already said the Latin, and that's gone. In the OR, and it ends with, I'm so sorry I sent you this movie, and it ends with Hawkeye Lieutenant Dish making out on a pool table in the Closed Officers Club. Ah, youth. (laughs) You know, as one does, right? Yeah. Find a pool hall and things happen. You know what? I'm still calling this minute a win because you already answered one of my questions for this minute because I was like, is that oil in his hands or... The word chrism is floating in my brain as a thing. So chrism is one of the three different types of sacramental oil that are used in Catholic rituals. Uh, the one Father Mulcahy is using in this scene is the oil of the sick. Uh, the mm. uh, Well, it's the oleo infirmorum, yeah, the, in Latin. And then the other two oils, there's the oil of the catechumen, which is used in the administration of baptism. It's done 
before the person is baptized as a sign of preparing the person for baptism, because in the days of the early church, there was no such thing as Bengay, no such thing as you know, other lotions. You had oil, though, and oil would be used by athletes and warriors to limber up, to get themselves <laughs> loose in preparation for the contest they were about to enter. And then the church adopted that symbolism of oil as something preparatory, as something that gets you ready as a sign and symbol used in baptism, as something done as an anointing before baptism. Then the last oil, the, the one you're thinking of, tyranny, is the chrism, the Christ oil. And this is the oil used in baptism, in confirmation, and in the sacrament of holy orders, the ordination of deacons, priests, and bishops. And chrism has a special perfume added to it that gives it a beautiful floral fragrance to call to mind the odor of sanctity that descends upon each baptized Christian with uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes down upon someone who's been baptized, and chrism is poured out as that sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit, which likewise anointed Christ as he walked the earth doing the will of his heavenly Father. Father Mulcahy, though, is, is using the oil that gets the most use in the life of the church. It's the oil of the sick. Every year, there's a mass where all three of those oils are consecrated and blessed, and when you go to that mass, you always have to make sure you've put in your order for oil ahead of time <laughs> to tell the bishop's office how much oil you're going to need for your parish. Mm -hmm. So if you have a small parish, you can get away with you know just a little bit of each. But if you're at a large parish like the one I was at up until last year, we had 8,000 families wow. on the books at the parish. So we would get boxes of oils in order to make sure that we would make it through the whole year. Yeah, chrism makes a baby's head smell real good, and if yes, you are, <laughs> if you are converting from Episcopalianism to Catholicism in your twenties, maybe don't have sideswept bangs. Just saying, it was kind of a mess. So <laughs> that's probably why that one stuck in my head more than the others. <laughs> So you had the awkward bang push, because I've done yep. that when I've done yep. a confirmation where I kind of have to scoop the hair away and get that cross on somebody's <laughs> mm -hmm. forehead. And then the hair comes back and plasters immediately onto yep. that poor All girl's over. forehead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oops. It's easier with babies because they have hardly any hair to begin with. Yeah, yeah. They're just awesome. And, and the great thing was... Um, it was just real cute. My kid loves having his hair washed, even when he's super little. For some reason, he just really liked it. Hmm. And so he loved getting baptized. <laughs> like, As well the priest he should. rubbed his head. <laughs> and then his father held him up and everyone clapped. And he was just like, this is the greatest day ever. And, and the circle the next... of life from the Lion King played in the background. Yes, yes, yes. that's exactly how the priest described what to do. He's like, and, the, and then you're going to hold him up like in the Lion King. And so, and then it wasn't the next week, but it was pretty soon after, because I think that we were at my parents' house the next week, but very soon after, we took him to church for a regular mass, and he was just like, excuse me, what is this? <laughs> Where are my adoring crowds? Where's my fan club? When and, is my and that turn nice in guy the rubbing tub. my head. <laughs> When's my bath? Last time we were yes. here, I got a very nice bath. <laughs> When's that happening? He was very disappointed. Oh. So, yeah. But now he can clap himself. And uh, we're a church where they... See, uh, the churches I grew up going in, you filed out after 
the priest. So there was never anyone there when the choir start, stopped singing, but oh. ours, you stay until the end and everyone claps. And so he gets oh, very good. excited now that he can join in. Coming as I do from a choral family, thank you for doing that. That's a very great show of support and generosity <laughs> to the singers. It drives me insane. But that's because I'm a, an impatient person and that's my own problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's so well organized. The way the rows file out. Like, it just, there's a little OCD corner of my heart that is very satisfied when that works well. <laughs> anyway, that's not what's happening here. Now, what we have here is Father Mulcahy continuing with the anointing ritual. And I actually, I have a copy of a book that Father Mulcahy may have had access to during the Korean War. Uh, I mentioned yesterday a little book called the Collectio Rituum, which literally means ritual collection, which puts together all the various prayers and sacramental rituals that a priest on the go would use. And so I just want to, because it's hard to hear in the movie, I just want to read the prayer, or at least the example of the prayer that Father Mulcahy would be saying over this man. So as he anoints uh, the soldier, he would be saying, Per istam sanctum uxionum et suam piissima misericordiam indulgeat tibi dominus quid quid per visum deliquisti. Amen. And so what that translates to is, as by this holy anointing and his most loving mercy, may the Lord forgive you whatever wrong you have done, by the use of your sight. So you can see he's anointing mm. this man's eyes. And then in this celebration of uh, extreme unction, he then would have continued on to anoint the ears, the nose, the lips, the hands, and the feet. And then finally finishing on the forehead with that simple phrase, peristum sanctum oxionum indulgeat tibi dominus quid quid deliquisti. By this holy anointing, may the Lord forgive you whatever wrong you have done, amen. And then it says, if there's some doubt as to whether the sick one is living, you'd use the same form, but say instead, si vivis, peristum sanctum uxionum, and so on and so on. So if you are alive, through this holy anointing, <laughs> remove... Just covering the... all bases. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the Catholic Church just wants to be better safe than sorry. <laughs> so you can, you can hear that the quid quid in there uh, as he's going through the sacrament. That's the phrase that stands out most clearly. And yeah. he's he's playing a priest very well because a good priest, a good military chaplain like Father Mulcahy would be, would have these prayers memorized because he needs to get through this anointing because he's got another one two tables over that he's yeah. going to have to get to. And so through say, that rote repetition. Like process. <laughs> it is. Well, it's, it's an anointing of the entire body. And mm-hmm. as I said before, the, the theology of the anointing of the sick sees it as a forgiveness of sins, as a way of giving this person a chance to have the sins of his life forgiven through the mercy of God, through the ministry of the church, which was charged by Jesus with the continuation of his mission, which was a mission of forgiveness, of mercy, and of love. And that's done through the sacramental life, through the use of creation charged with the glory of God's grace, which is the, that's the whole Catholic thing. You know, the Catholic mm-hmm. Church believes in the, the goodness of creation and it can have a use in our celebration of the faith. Yeah, I love that. And I'm really having to restrict myself from making the joke like, oh yeah, that, that Catholic motto, better safe than sorry. <laughs> when it comes to the sacraments, yeah. it's always a matter of erring on the side of the person being alive. Because I've, mm-hmm. I've had a couple anointing calls where I go out and the person has already died, but I would rather appear before the throne 
and have God tell me that I was too liberal with his sacraments <laughs> than to say that I was too stingy with his grace. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the right air, uh, way to lean. <laughs> yeah. If I erred, okay. Well, I, I erred on the side of charity. <laughs> they're, they're big on that. <laughs> Not with about the... Oh, go ahead. No, Megan, go ahead. I've, I've dominated the conversation quite <laughs> well, a bit. Go ahead, Well, Megan. I was wondering... For a I... reason! For a very good and <laughs> yes, obvious reason. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're the expert. No, I just didn't know, because I didn't really find anything when I was looking around. Was there, like, in, did the army have a way of saying, like, oh, this recruit... Oh, I shouldn't say recruit, but, you know, this soldier was Catholic and this person... It's on your dog tag. It's on yeah. your dog tag. That's okay. what he is. But is was it like easy for like you know for for Father McKay to be like oh he's Catholic he definitely needs to they would probably call him because they would be operating mm-hmm. on him they would check his dog tags beforehand nice. and they would just okay this guy's Catholic let Father Mulcahy you know he may need to come over here gotcha yeah that's a really good point oh that's what I was gonna ask speaking of erring on the side of, <laughs> of too much when it isn't. It, this is my one chance to ask. Is it true that if you're not sure, well, is it true? better safe than sorry? Or has that fallen by the wayside? Well, how do you mean? I, I, Why are you saying like a, you're, if, if it's unsure if somebody's sure Catholic or not? If someone's Catholic. Oh, I see, I see. Or um, is that incredibly problematic because then you're performing a catholic rich you know it, it, right so the it gets the, a little missionary colonialist feeling it, it, as it, i'm it, saying this it can <laughs> so the the thing when you're dealing with a situation like this where you're i mean this extreme case you're not even sure if the person is alive but in cases i've encountered where you're not sure if the person is conscious i've mm. encountered families where members of the family are catholic they want something done for their loved one but their loved one is not Catholic or has gone, uh, has left the Catholic Church and is practicing the faith in a different Christian tradition or what have you. Mm. And they, but they were raised Catholic. So when I come to the house in that situation, that's generally a surprise for Father that the person in the bed is, isn't, hasn't been practicing Catholicism and has in fact been going down to the Bible Fellowship Church for the last 20 years. Oh, okay. So then I ask the question if Bob was awake right now, would he have wanted a priest? And generally people kind of shuffle side to side awkwardly and say, he would want someone to pray with. And like, okay, that's what I thought. So I can't, I can't do something for Bob that if he were awake, he would not want me to do. Because that, that's not fair to Bob. Because yeah. the Catholic sacraments always respect the dignity of the person. And we're not going to, uh, at least as I was trained as a priest, people may have stories otherwise. But in my training, uh, it was impressed upon us that uh, we do nothing to force the faith on anyone, especially in someone who's in as delicate a situation as the end of their life. Mm-hmm. That is a moment where they ought to be completely free. And the priest is, is there to help that person in that moment, not to force anything on them as a surprise or to take advantage of that vulnerable moment. So in those cases where I've had someone who isn't a practicing Catholic and wouldn't have called for the priest, I just say, OK, well, let's just all gather around. Let's uh, I have some psalms here that we can pray. Let's say the Our Father. Let's offer his soul up to God's care and trust that God's going to take care of him. And that's what I can do as as a you know a man of faith. I can lead that prayer, even if I'm not going to give him the the oil change. 
You liked that, Megan, didn't you? I did. Well, my dad years ago was in the hospital very suddenly with heart issues, and he's a lapsed Catholic who um, tells me he carries a St. Christopher medal just in case. Good for um, him. Good for him. And so I could see him liking the oil change joke very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, uh, that happened to my... Uh, yeah. There, there was a nurse who assumed my great-grandmother was Catholic mm. because, to be fair, she was married to a Catholic oh, I see. back when you had to sign the thing. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. her kids were Catholic. And her grown kid, who this person was friends with, was the parish nurse. <laughs> like, was had done the whole course. She would go and give communion in the hospital. Wow. And so she's like, oh, well, of course, Mrs. Halloran must be. And, oh, no. Oh, no, she was from the Scottish side of the family. Oh, dear. And very oh. much not a Catholic. Mm-hmm. And woke up, and he hadn't oh. actually, he probably was standing there being like, wait, what do you want me to do? And trying to get to that, maybe I'll just say a prayer point. But she woke up, and a priest was in her room, and I swear to, yeah, she lived another two weeks out of spite. <laughs> Oh, I've Jesus had that happen. Like, oh, no, I, no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I did a summer of hospital chaplaincy, and when I would walk into somebody's room, they'd just take one look at me in my car and say, I don't need no priest. <laughs> it's like, I, well, I, I'm just here to pray with you just to let you know that, you know, the chaplaincy team is, is here to support you. I don't need no priest. Like, okay, I, I understand. That was so what? Where Who do sent you? you? <laughs> well, then, then I, the, you, you, you got to, as a chaplain, just kind of push through that. And yeah. so, well, where do you worship? Where, where do you go to church on Sunday? And then you get them talking and they relax and they realize you're not there to, to force anything on them and they open up to you. But yeah, people are understandably in those moments of vulnerability, they want people they trust with them. And oh, you know, those Catholic priests, you know, you just can't, you don't know what they're going to do next <laughs> speaking in latin you never know what they're up to <laughs> father Balkei is pulled away mm. i think it's just the eyes he gets to but i have a moment where i'm just like you know duke is duke has been a duke has been a very bad boy so far in this movie um, oh, and that duke. is the least of the trivializing it that's a nice way of saying it as my grandma would say if you can't but, say anything nice, you shouldn't say anything at all. <laughs> but I have something nice to say because I don't think he's a great doctor in the ways of Hawkeye Pierce MD, but he is clearly, like, he has he has a heart, and we see it in his I'm sorry line. Yeah, that's true. He cares. Yeah, it's Unless kind of a sorry, not like, sorry kind of line, terrible. though. Yeah, because then well, he's just sort of like, I'm interrupting you, sorry, but I need you right now. No, it's it's the this so this man is alive and that man is dead and that's a fact and like that's that's a very sad line but why he, he it's saying I know what you were doing is important and this is why I think what I'm doing is more important which then you could argue that but 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 the the recognition that Father Mulcahy has given something up to come hold this retractor does that make sense? I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You you could read the line that way. I don't. Uh, I <laughs> I just I don't think Duke has a great deal of respect for what Father Mulcahy does in the mm. operating room. Coming as a Catholic priest, I would be very put out if a doctor interrupted me, even in an emergency situation like this. If a doctor interrupted yeah. me in the middle of doing my job to help him do his, because that that's the the 
break down the division of labor in the operating room. The chaplain is there to see the spiritual needs of the patients. As the doctors and nurses, it's their job to do the surgery. And yes, I understand. It's a field hospital. You got to do what you got to do. But, you know, Father Mulcahy's job is not getting a lot of respect here. Mm. Dish, as the nurse, is allowed to go back and forth. The doctor dismisses, okay, yeah, go help him. That's fine. Father Mulcahy is not allowed to do his job because Duke's job is more important. Now, granted, yes, saving a person's life is a very important task. But Father Mulcahy's concerned with saving a person's soul. Mm. So uh, it's... And that's an excellent point that Duke lets Dish go. He yes, could have been like, no, no. Uh, yeah, you- <laughs> yeah D- Duke did this to himself. That's why I'm not entirely sympathetic. He <laughs> let his extra pair of hands go. And all of a sudden, oh, actually, I do need them. Whoopsies. Okay. <laughs> if he had said whoopsies. <laughs> Sorry, but, we got to take the laughs where we can. <laughs> uh, yeah, not out of place in this movie. Now, I will say it does lead to a great moment because it mm. shows that Father Mulcahy is much more uncomfortable with the living surgery that's going mm-hmm. on than the dead corpse that he was just touching uh, in the the act of anointing. Yeah, he is squeamish right. over here. But in the way you wouldn't expect. Mostly when we deal with corpses, like, oh, corpses' bodies, yikes, we want to get away from those in a living body. At least it's kind of nausea-inducing, but it's still alive. Mm-hmm. For him, it's the opposite. He's totally comfortable with the anointing and, and handling this dead body, which is a big cultural taboo for us still. And it's the surgery goes, oh, ew, oh, I'm just going to use one finger. No, no, use two fingers. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I can't even look. And that's, and, and that is the weirdest thing because the, can you hold it with two hands, Father? <laughs> that's, a, that's a laugh. That is a joke. We are all laughing. This is a weird break. And this is one of the few times where I don't think the, like, cut with the loudspeaker <laughs> really works because... This is a that is a strange transition, and this is coming from someone who does a podcast about a movie of very awkward transitions. <laughs> it's weird to to end this scene with a gag, and then cut to tomfoolery. Well, it's that's yeah. in a nutshell, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it it's kind of is. Tomfoolery in the midst of war. All right. Well, Megan, enjoy the uh, next hundred minutes and. <laughs> I'll see ya, because clearly... No, I'm kidding. Oh, man. That was it quick. It just doesn't work for me. It's fine. I mean, it is a little bit abrupt, but I find Robert Altman to be a little abrupt at times. Mm. Anyway. In general. Like, not just this movie. Yeah. and, and, and it Prairie Home Companion. The, um, you know, just... <laughs> it does give me the chance to see the door of the swamp, which has been christened. Speaking of, <laughs> and it, so it has swamp painted across the top, and it has the symbol on the door. So again, they've been here a week, and they've already. It really is their tent, and they've got a, a doghouse even with yep. uh, the "Do Not Feed Me" sign over the dog. <laughs> <laughs> They're certainly feeling comfortable, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They've just made themselves right at home. Right at home. Megan, do you want to talk about that symbol now, or do you want to save that for another? Oh, the the symbol on the swamp? Yeah, yeah. The um, infamous, what could it be? What could it be? We don't get a great look at it in this scene. Yeah, I'd say wait. I'm happy. I'm happy to wait. You got a lot of movie ahead of you still, so. Please remember the, the patience, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's there is the only important thing for this. As Ho-John runs out, 
And then we get some beautiful living in their character action from Volmer and Sidemen who are folding up the flag. You mean Captain Pierce? He barks <laughs> at Hojon. Yep. And then Sidemen is just such a per- I also love this implies that Sidemen knows all about what's happening. Oh, he's dish. <laughs> He keeps his ear to the ground. He knows what's what. <laughs> he's the kind and of that- guy who would be able to get you anything, I think. I like it because I had never known Sidemen's name and didn't notice him before doing this project, and he has become quite endeared to him and Judson. I have grown <laughs> to really appreciate overdoing this project because they do well with what they're given, is what I'll say. And and this is a perfect little, like, he's in there. Like, just, <laughs> just go, kid. Just not my problem anymore. <laughs> nope. I also have a lot of sympathy having worked at a summer camp for people who have to do flag ceremonies. <laughs> have you ever tried to teach eight-year-olds how to fold an American flag? It is. It takes a while. <laughs> so why are they changing the flag? When when do you need to take to the flag do down? I've never had a, a camp experience like that, so I, I know nothing about it. So at summer camp, it's done, well, ours was at 520, was when the bugle went to go down to flag. So at 530, you were taking it down and folding it up because it should not be up overnight unless there is a spotlight on it. That's right. Okay. So it's only up in the sunshine. And it used to be it shouldn't be up in the rain. But now there are certain types of flags that are okay, which is something I learned after Diana and I sprinted out in the middle of just this absolutely ridiculous downpour of a thunderstorm oh, and took no. it down. And we got back to the summer, the office porch and we're like, look, we did it. We've got it. We didn't fold it. It's literally like wrapped up in my arms, dripping on me. And Fran just looks like, you can leave that up in rain. I'm just like, well, we're not putting it back. But but yes, and if, you if put it them is up, on the up at night, pole. it should have a spotlight on it. And that's why you have those flagpoles that have like the built in light mm. around the base. Mm-hmm. So it's shining up so you can leave it up all the time. I don't know if there's a specific time. I assume retreat is sounded at the same time out in the field as it would be on a base. So yeah, five, five thirty. I want to say it is. And if you're on a base, I know when retreat is sounded, when they're lowering the flag, all motions, uh, like everyone comes to a stop. Because in Army Wives, it's a plot point that the kids too <laughs> have just gotten the stepdad of an army guy. Like don't, can, they don't get little it. Kids. Right. They stop at first and then like they're like squiggling and worming and you know someone hits someone else so then it's a whole thing and he is just like losing it because he knows he like he's holding a salute and they are just like what is the big deal and he's like um because it's symbolizing everyone we've lost like mm-hmm. cut it out. So that would explain um, why there's so much activity going on at this exact moment because everyone had to stop what they were doing. <laughs> as the flag was being lowered, and well, now it's being folded up. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that in the mashes, there was not that much respect and pay to it. And, not in uh, this mash. Not in this mash. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. That is an excellent point. Not at this mash. Not at this mash. <laughs> no. um, and I- so... It- in theory, this gives us a timestamp of this is early evening, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know that. Like, I wouldn't stake anything on it just because, you mm-hmm. know, we're in this anarchy of an army unit. 
I do like to call out to Chicago. That's on the uh, the signpost there. They've yes. got a marker for the Cook County Hospital in Chicago, Illinois, only 6,418 and a half miles away. <laughs> <laughs> Those halves are very important. It is. We've got to be specific. <laughs> yeah, I love that the signpost is, ever, you know, uh, across all the MASH expanded universe. It always is there. Nice. Yep. It feels feels like a bit of home. <sighs> and then I just have the note. Sorry, father. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, as someone who listens to other people's sins for a living, uh, I am I am not caught by surprise. Oh, my goodness. What what are these two adults doing? Oh my god. My word. Oh, I don't I didn't have to collapse on my chaise lounge my pearls. You're a little less naive than Father Mulcahy. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so Hawkeye and Lieutenant Dish have uh there was a little bit of flirting and yeah. Now it has progressed. <laughs> now it has progressed to the point of I'm gonna do 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 because that is the argument being made. Nice song choice, by the way. Uh huh. Which minute is it? Or Hawkins is like, it is not a question of loving my wife. If she was here, I would be with her. Like it's in this minute. It's this one. I love that he's so just like. It's like he has to justify it. Like, yes, here is my art. He's practically got a five-paragraph persuasion essay with them. Yeah, and I'm not not really persuaded by it. I think I give that essay an F (laughs) in my my Christian ethics class. Like, "Mm, no, Pierce, do this again. That's not how that works. Well, because the the spirit of 1969 comes out in this line. There is no question of loving anybody. It is a question Mm. only of, and we, we helping or something. I'm not quite clear on what the last line there is but there's this uh yeah it's cut off yeah this dereliction of marital duty in the face of just the need Mm -hmm. because again the fact of the matter is they're in a very stressful situation and they are two young attractive people and these kinds of things happen i'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise Hmm. but that doesn't mean i like it (laughs) especially when both parties involved are married Words mean things. When you make a promise, it means something. Part of me also wondered, it's like, I mean, I know it's a movie, but part of me is like, how do you have the energy after being in that ER for, I mean, how many hours? You know, 12 plus hours. 12 plus hours to like, I mean, there has to be some adrenaline, but I'm just also like, really? Like, I just want to sleep and eat. Well, that's the whole argument I got Maybe it's because I just had a baby. I don't know, but like... And those things are very precious. But, like, um, really? Yeah, well, I got into this. I talked on the Cosmic Geppetto podcast about Wonder Woman. And people were like, oh, yeah, and the romance. Like, who would be doing that in the middle of the war? And me, the military history major, had to be like, well, people obviously did. Math well, actually. <laughs> when there's a night before a battle and everyone knows tomorrow is a battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i i didn't think about that the implication is that they've well well because i i'm not could this be later i mean this is true this could be after the fact i should assume it's like yeah this could be after a normal shift a normal shift this is which true. would still be yeah. 
a lot. What's but the word really lot, doesn't but... mean anything in MASH. This <laughs> is true. We, we just have scenes one after the we other. We just have scenes. I'm used to a regular movie where usually, you know, there are better transitions. There is no time, Megan. I know. Only loudspeakers. <laughs> oh, Robert Holtman. <laughs> This is also when I mentioned that when Terry told me we should do MASH as a podcast, I automatically assumed the television show. And then she's like, oh, oh, this is how I got you on board, actually. I would just like to make everyone involved as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> Oops. Megan, Loretta Swit liked one of my tweets. I saw that. That's which amazing. Means that Loretta Swit might know about our podcast. Wow. So you're welcome. Congratulations. I mean, that is like. It could be worse. Oh, actually, I kind of shrieked a little bit in my office, and my boss asked if um, another author like liked one of my tweets for the library. And I went, no, no, sorry. It's something, something else. Because I do get excited when authors like my tweets. It's like the best yeah. thing ever. It's an exciting thing. Or mean, publishing hey, I people. I when anyone likes my tweets. Let's just. Just yes. say that. Or it gets retweeted. That's even like, <gasps> what? Getting that signal boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've said it before, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at O-N-E-S-T-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. And Megan, you're on there as well. Do you? I'll, I'll let you say yours. Don't worry. Oh, I want you to get the signal boost too. But I was trying to remember if you're on Twitter as well. Oh, I'm on the tweets. As my dad yep. would say. Yes. Who doesn't yep. have Twitter? And um, It's at Meg's I... Charm. So it's M-E-G-G-Z-C-H-A-R-M. And I tweet a lot about library stuff too. So, you know, and a grand soup. Whatever. <laughs> if you want to chat with me about extreme unction and Christian <laughs> ethics, uh, I can be found at F-R-M-O-W-R-Y. That's at Father Maori. Hey, don't knock it. There is a huge... There's, like, Catholic Twitter is a... Th- Thing. Oh, it is a t- thing. Oh yeah, in. there's there's Twitter. Then there inside that there's Catholic Twitter, and inside Catholic Twitter is priest Twitter. Ooh. Uh, okay. I, uh, it's it's a unique place. It's a, a bunch of priests being big goofs. I get stuck on friend who went to Catholic school and Jesuit college, retweeting a priest, <laughs> and that's actually. If you don't want to answer this, this is fine, and I will see how popular our podcast is besi- before deciding whether or not to put this on the internet. Dun, dun, dun. Is what a lead it, up. Uh, no, because I like to refer, anytime someone calls someone a social justice warrior, I'm like, thank you. In Catholic, that's a compliment. <laughs> that's like what we're going for, <laughs> because I go to a Paula Center, and so social justice is like the thing mm. to be like working towards. So, yeah, I... well, it's it, it's an equivocation in terms because yeah. uh, as so often happens what what words mean in the Catholic context mean different things outside of the Catholic context. So yeah, I mean social justice that just means the common good, the conditions of society that allow for the the flourishing of all. And justice simply just is making sure the other person has their due. And so that's social justice, that virtue applied on a societal level. The problem comes in, okay, but how do you do that? <laughs> what what does that <laughs> look like? And that's where you get into the nitty gritty. And that's where you have a lot of strong feelings from some <laughs> yes. people on what ought to be done. <laughs> and that's why I was like, even as I was saying, I was like, you know, sometimes you toss this stuff out and... It does not get taken in a in a good way. Or someone hears me say that and it's like, how could you be so glib? 
Mm. Like, well, because it's Twitter. So, it's like the point. You've been to Twitter before, right? <laughs> yeah, have you been to Twitter before? That's how it works. <laughs> I'm trying to look and see. There's someone with an SJ in their name that I feel like I see all the time. And now, of course, I can't find anything by them. So, never mind. Well, Father Mulcahy <laughs> is an SJ. He's a Jesuit priest. Is that what that is? I always wondered yes. that. So the SJ stands for Society of Jesus. Uh, the oh, Jesuits, okay. Okay, the yeah. Jes- and then it's referred to as the Jesuits. So that, that comes from the Jesus part of Society of Jesus. Because uh, each religious order has uh, they have an different... abbreviation okay. after the name. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I could do a whole podcast just on <laughs> Catholic religious orders. But I won't bore you with that, Megan. Maybe someday you will. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, okay. I'm so glad I said that then because I hadn't noticed that Father Mulcahy has his letters which is very weird, honestly. Jesuits are mostly missionaries or professors. They're involved in teaching ministry or in evangelization work. It's not often that you'd have a Jesuit as a military chaplain, but it's been known to happen. In fact, one of my professors at seminary is the highest decorated living military chaplain, uh, and he is a Jesuit priest. He served as a chaplain during the Vietnam War, and then after the war finished, he uh, went back to being a ethicist at a hospital and then teaches moral theology here at the seminary very cool yeah yeah i think they just wanted him to be from notre dame which i mean hey go irish but <laughs> well notre dame is the the holy cross fathers oh right 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 because the because the holy cross college the, yeah um... um they're they're csc that's their uh yep. those are their letters it's it's a french order i can't remember what exactly it stands for any other catholic university in the united states is jesuit fordham georgetown <laughs> loyola PC. loyola loyola no pc's dominican is it i thought it was jesuit pc is dominican marist college is marist i feel my Marist-Cross. dad who is a jesuit fan for whatever reason always made me think it was pc was jesuit I think Providence College is the only Dominican college. Oh no, my dad's from Providence. Well, outside there Providence, might be right? One so one other, you know, or it might be the only one. Um, but yeah, Fordham's Jesuit, BC, Fairfield University is yeah. Oh, there's lots. Yeah, because like you said, teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely on to my notes for next minute, which I have a feeling will be a a slightly quicker minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. I've I've said everything I need to say. And and we've plugged ourselves. Go us. Yay! (laughs) We're professionals. All right. Catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 21.